bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Birds 365. He's Jeff Kerr, and I am Tone the Shields the Second. And I know you guys were probably expecting the Mac Man, Jody Mac, and John McMullen. Well, here's the deal: John McMullen had to go to training camp, and training camp got pushed up about an hour or about a, or about a half hour, so he wasn't able to step in with us for the first segment. And when it comes to Jody Mac, we're trying to get his internet squared away. You know these, you know these days, you guys, technology is. Sometimes your best friend is sometimes it could be your worst friend. But you guys have been blessed today. You're here with Jeff Kerr, then our national guy, but also covers the league with the Philadelphia Eagles twist. And you have me, the associate producer for Jacob Sports. And I'm super excited to be here with you guys for another day. And uh, continue to smash that like button. Continue to subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel if you're new. Also, make sure you guys are, make sure you guys are commenting below in the live chat. We love when you guys talk spicy in the live chat because you know what that does? That shows that you're engaged. That shows that you love your Philadelphia Eagles and you're passionate. And at the end of the day, it's all about a different philosophy. But without further ado, Jeff, how are you feeling this morning, my man? Uh, Tone, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm avoiding the heat today. I'm actually back at the home base, uh, not covering Eagles camp. I will be at Friday's preseason game, but I love the hat, Tone. I, I love the hat, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> you might be wearing this for years to come if this training camp is, based on the three practices I've seen from Jalen Hurts, he's been looking pretty good. He's gone A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard a lot, but that's all right because they're playmakers. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, man. You know, you brought up this – you know, this preseason game coming up against the Jets. And, you know, it's our inaugural uh, meeting with the Jets. You know, we play those guys every single year for the most part. And, you know, I have to ask, you know, you've been around. You've, you know, you've been to multiple training camps. And, you know, I know you've been to a few Eagles training camps. I want to know, you know, what's been your evaluation of the Philadelphia Eagles thus far in their training camps? And, you know, I also want to take it a step further. You know, do you believe – a guy like Jalen Hurts should be playing in the preseason. Uh, if you ask me, I say yes. He hasn't really proven enough, and he needs to get as many reps as he as he possibly can get. But I want to know what you know. What's your scope on things? So if I think Aaron Rodgers should be playing in the preseason because he doesn't have Devonta Adams this year, and he's got guys like Alan Lazard and Amari Rodgers, and you know Christian Watson, you name it. He's got a new wide receiving core. 
I think he should be playing in the preseason. He's not Friday. Jordan Love is. But I feel like he should be getting reps. So if I feel he should be getting reps, why isn't Jalen Hurts getting reps? And I don't know what Nick Sirianni is going to reveal today. I think he speaks at 8.30, whether these guys are going to play or not. I will say this. They did play – the first team did play two series in the first preseason game last year. And then he shut down Jalen Hurts. He played 10 preseason snaps total last year. I feel it should be more than that. But I will say this. If they play Friday night – and Jalen Hurts leads them on a touchdown drive, first drive, that's fine. Okay, you can take them out. That's what you usually do in the first preseason game, right? So I feel like they should be playing. I, I, I really do. I, I, I don't – I'm trying to word this the best I can here. I, I don't want them overplaying, but I do want them getting, you know, at least two, three series because there's only three preseason games. I know the last preseason game doesn't mean much and rest is better than anything else these days, but – we got to remember this team, even though they look good the first game of the season, they were rusty overall through the majority of the first half of the year last year. And from what I've seen in training camp, this team is really talented. Are they a Super Bowl team? Probably not, but they're a talented football team. and They have a really good defense, and the offense is starting to click as camp goes on, So, uh, like most camps are. So, overall, I, I believe this team does have a really good shot at winning the NFC East in a playoff game this year. I wasn't sure how the defense would work. I, I mean, There are a lot of players on there, but I'll say this, Tone. Early reviews the secondary, especially with Darius Lane and James Bradbury, they're going to be really good. A secondary we haven't really had since maybe Leo Shepard, Sheldon Brown, Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent. It's, it's got that potential. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because my mindset and, you know, you said a lot, right? But I want to kind of hone in on Jalen Hurts and preseason reps because I think that's, you know, the hottest topic. You know, my, my mindset is this. You know, I firmly believe that when it comes to Jalen Hurts, play him in a preseason, like you said, a drive, you know, uh, a, a series, you know, whatever, a quarter, whatever, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And, and this should be the philosophy. You put him in and you say, look, Jay, this is the game plan. You're going to drop back and you're going to make your reads. This is an opportunity for you to really work, work, on, work on your pocket presence. We're not going to have you running out there. We're not going to have you slipping and sliding. We're not going to have you banging bodies. This is the game plan. Drop back. Make your reads. If you don't like what you see, hit your check down. If your check down's not there, throw it away and live the fight another day. I believe the preseason is a perfect forum for him to be able to at least get his, his processing speed up. Because he'll be able to actually play in some live action games. He'll be able to, he'll actually be able to um, engage in some, in some live action high stakes football for some people. You know, for these guys that are on a on the back end of the roster, these seventh rounders, six rounders, these undrafted guys. This is an these are important games for them. This is how they show their value in live action football. And these guys are going to try to take heads off. These guys are going to try to make a statement. So, I believe that the preseason has just as much value on a player's development as any other game because. The stakes are high for someone, and I believe Jalen Hurts should take advantage of this opportunity. Like I said, throw them out there, make your reads. If you don't like what you see, hit your check down. If your check down's not there, throw it away and live the fight another day. I believe these reps would just help with his processing speed. What say you? Oh, I agree with you. So that's one of the things they like to preach in training camp and in their joint practices, right? You know, you you obviously want to progress your reads, but – I think it's more of the chemistry thing, too. You want to work on your timing with A.J. Brown in the game. And I will say, 
Hurts' timing with Brown is really good. Uh, yesterday, for example, Hurts threw an out route to A.J. Brown. I, I wasn't sure where the pass was going to go initially. He led him perfectly with Darius Slay having excellent coverage on Brown. Hurts hit him right where only Brown could catch it. Brown got both feet in balance. He says he doesn't die in practice, but I, I guess you could say he kind of did. He almost ran into me while doing it. So, But it was an impressive catch. It was an NFL-type throwing catch. And I, I honestly want to see Jalen Hurts kind of work with those two as well because he's been working with those two all camp. Uh, one player, I, I will say this, Tone, I kind of want to see Hurts target a little bit this preseason is Quest Watkins. I feel like their timing is just a little bit off based on the practices I've seen. Quest gets open, but Hurts throws really good deep passes to him. There was one, I think it was the Saturday practice two weeks ago. He threw a really good deep pass at Watkins, and Watkins kind of held up Nick Sirianni ripped him a new one a bit because I, I don't know what the deal was, but it would have went for a touchdown easy. So I, I want to see him kind of work with those, not the secondary guys, but num- but the number three or four guys like a Quez Watkins, like a Zach Pascal as well. I, I like to see him get some reps in there too as well. But, but I agree with everything you said. It's about the progressions. It's about the reads. It's not about taking off, which I, I don't think any quarterback wants to take off in the preseason if we're being quite honest. JK, good to catch up with you, brother. Uh, appreciate your jumping in here with us on Birds three sixty five. I'm a little late to the party. My bad. Hey, it's, it's all it's all good, Jody. Listen, don't worry. I'm going to drop off. I appreciate you guys. Hey, Jody, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about Jalen Hurts in that preseason. Then you know you go on and take over your show, man, and do your thing. Done deal. Thank you much, Tone, for jumping in. Take care, Here had Thanks, some Tom. technical issues here. I'm sure it was my fault, but I'm not even computer savvy savvy enough to. Uh, tell you whether it was or wasn't my fault but uh took an internet hit we got it back up thanks for your patience birds 365 fans um yeah it was good to see yesterday camp jk between Kerr, uh mcmullen and mcdonald you're talking the three whitest guys out there but not a good day to be out in camp because the sun was blaring it was hot but i thought Jalen hurts looked okay what i was able to see him pra- on practice before i had to go on the air on wip he looked sharp he was throwing the ball okay he didn't wow you. He didn't, oh, my God, we've got the next Patrick Mahomes. But he wasn't getting picked. He wasn't throwing the ball wildly all over the place. I thought he looked just fine. And here's, uh, I think, one of the things that Eagle fans are having to deal with, and Eagles coaches as well. Progression isn't always the same for everyone. And when I say progression, I'm not talking about going through the choice receivers you have. I'm just talking about in one's career And Jalen Hurts is progressing at a pace that I'm sure everyone would like to see quicken up a little bit. But if that's not within him, that's not within him. But he is progressing. I think he's getting better. Are the Eagles going to have enough patience to take all the time necessary? I don't think they have much of a choice, J.K. I don't think they do here. Uh, You know, Jerry, you saw what I saw with Gardner Minshew yesterday. He looked terrible. He's had a Terrible. terrible camp. And I like Gardner Minshew, but if I'm impressed, I think Reed's the Nets had a better camp than Gardner Minshew. I mean, let's just face reality here. It's Reed's the Nets had a really good camp for a backup. I'm curious to see what he provides on Friday night. But if I'm the Eagles, and look, I, I think Gardner Minshew should get a lot of reps this preseason. I, I don't know what, what the deal is, if he's battling an injury, or but he just doesn't look like the same confident guy that he was last year and you know everybody goes oh if Jalen Hurts doesn't work by week six they gotta bench him well who you mention him for uh that's where I'm going right now and Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback this whole season and 
You're right, Jody. It's not like a wow thing, like Patrick Mahomes throwing left-handed passes between the goalposts or going behind the back between the goalposts or, you know, watch a Josh Allen just throw these 70-yard bombs. But the Eagles aren't really throwing bombs. It's more of Jalen Hurts working on his timing and working on things with these receivers. And do you think that him throwing to A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard all the time is a bad thing? Um. No, it's not bad, but you hope that over the course of the year, uh, Devonta Smith, who's been hurt, because he's not going to get the ball thrown his way when he's standing on the sidelines. But uh, McMullen, all the other guys we've had on have noted, it really does seem heavy, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard, and you thought it was going to be more of a three-way at the top guy than a drop-off. Sorry, Quez. Uh, I thought Quez was going to be the guy who was going to fall below the line that it would be Goddard, it would be Brown, it would be Smith, but it hasn't. It's been two and then a drop-off to Devonta Smith, who, yes, has been injured of late, but if you go back to the beginning of camp, yeah, Devonta was, there was the drop-off after the top two. I don't know if it's a comfort level. I don't know if uh, they felt they needed to get uh, A.J. Brown up to speed, um, but I have been a little surprised, at least as per the guys like Elliot George Parks, who report every single pass thrown in camp, that Devontae Smith has been, it seems, a little underused. Uh, I still think the guy's got a chance to be a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I'm not changing my mind on that. But it has seemed that uh, uh, either the Eagles selected offense and, and the progressions they put him in, or Jalen Hurts himself seems more comfortable throwing to the Goddard or Brown here early in camp. Yeah. Now, in fairness to Devonta Smith, he hasn't practiced. Uh, it was the last four practices he's missed with a groin injury. And look, the Eagles are going to put him in bubble wrap. They, they need him for the regular season. It's nothing major, but you know you still want to protect one of your top assets. And Zach Pascal, remember he had the food poisoning incident. So I don't even think he came back to what last Thursday, Friday. I, I was in Canton, and Tuesday was the first time I saw him, and I didn't really see much. I mean, he, Jalen Hurts targeted him, but it looks like he's still trying to get caught up to speed. Uh, you know, Quez Watkins, it's Hurts does target him, just not as frequently. And some plays I've seen where Hurts targets Quez Watkins, Watkins is open. And, you know, I, I just don't know, like, if he pulls up, if, you know, I, I just don't know what Quez is going to do. I think that's part of the evolution of a player, I, honestly. Like, but Quez Watkins got some talent. I, I will say that. He's going to be a, a part of this offense this year. Um, we'll talk Okay, okay, let's uh, get a quick break in here. We'll come back. Uh, Mike Sealski from the Inquirer going to be good enough to join us. We'll talk about the passing game, compare the passing game to the running game with where the Eagles sit. Hey, first game Friday against the Jets. The season is getting closer. We need the insight from Mike Sealski. He's going to join us next here on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Birds 365 duo of Jeff Kerr in for John McMullen, who's got to be down at another early Eagle practice today, and me, Jody Mack. Joining us on the stream is one of our favorite buds. Um, we already know he's a star columnist, arguably the best columnist in the city. Glenn Macnow's trying to make him a radio star. We'll try and help his streaming presence. He is Mike Sealski, and he joins us here on Birds 365. How are you, Mikey? I'm great, Jody. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, by the way, Rise is still on my summer reading list. I am almost finished, but let me tell you, it is an excellent, excellent book. I could not put it down on my plane ride to Vegas and back. I appreciate that, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, as long as you bought it, that's all I care about. <laughs> you don't have to read it. <laughs> that's why we like Sealski, the honesty. Uh, all right. We, we talked about the areas of expertise that you have and where you uh, strive at. Oh, I'm going to make you a doctor here today, too, because I'm loving this on our stream. Uh, varying opinions on Jason Kelsey's injury anywhere from, oh, he'll be practicing next week. Oh, to we're screwed. He's going to miss eight games. Uh, I'm not a doctor. We have to play one from time to time in columns on the radio, on streaming and the like. We can use uh, surgeries that have been done for similar type injuries as a potential basis. I ain't got no bloody idea if Jason Kelsey's going to play week one. Do you, Sealski? I do not. I will say this, Jody. I would feel better about this if I were an Eagles fan. If he, if this were as routine as it's being made out to be, um, he might have had this done before training camp began. Um, obviously, there was some impetus for this to happen now. Um, and yes, look, maybe it's a simple clean-out procedure. That seems to be the popular term. Um, just to describe what is going to happen to Kelsey's elbow. Uh, and I guess, you know, this is part of the reason why you draft a guy like Cam Jurgens because Kelsey is 34 and uh, 
situations and injuries like this are going to crop up more frequently for a player of that age, presumably. Um, but no, I don't think it's something to feel great about uh, because, you know, anytime a player goes under the knife, uh, it's something where, you know, it's natural to assume that he's going to come out and come back not quite where he once was. Um, so wh- when will he get back? I don't know. Um, you know, I'm always skeptical whenever an NFL team gives us a timeline for any kind of injury, uh, and this situation is no different. Yeah, Mike, I, I know – I guess one reason why the Eagles aren't panicking is because Riley White had this same injury, and he actually got it later Kelsey did, and he actually came back week one against the Eagles in it four catches for 84 yards, but obviously wide receivers are different than centers. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is it just doesn't seem like it's they're making it as big of a deal as maybe it should be here. Look, everybody knows the value of Jason Kelsey to that offensive line, to the locker room, uh, to all the things that go into making uh, a team cohesive and good. Um, you know, nobody in the market has anything but the highest respect for Jason Kelsey, and he's an, a very important player to the Eagles. So they can downplay this all they want. Uh, and in the end, maybe they'll have good reason to. Um, but for now, I'm concerned anytime a player of Kelsey's value and import uh, has surgery done, it's never nothing. So let's just see. Uh, Mike, I wouldn't your take on something that I've been debating on the air in two different places over the last few days. When Johnny Mack and I did the show on Monday after the Eagles live practice, John was kind of convinced that the Eagles' best offense is still when Jalen Hartz runs the football. RPOs, uh, pull it down, take off, the most exciting plays, most productive plays were Jalen Hurts surprising the snot out of the Eagle defense and taking off and running the ball. So much so that John was ready to say, the Eagles should run the same offense they did last year. It was their better offense. That's what they do best. Put your faith into the offensive line and just pick up where you left off. My partner on radio yesterday, Joe DeCameron, said the same thing. Whether you believe that or not, that has zero chance of happening, right? <laughs> they went out and got A.J. Brown and gave him a $100 million contract for a reason, not to block for Jalen Hurts on RPOs, right? I've been saying this too, Jody. Look where they spent their money. Uh, they spent their money and capital on A.J. Brown, trading two draft picks, including a first-rounder, to get him and then signing him, <clears throat> pardon me, as, as you said, to that contract. They signed Dallas Goddard to a four-year, $50-plus-million-dollar contract. They used a first-round draft pick on Devontae Smith. They want to throw the ball. And there was another tidbit that came out, I believe, earlier this week, kind of a, from a, a larger NFL perspective about how the league wants officials to crack down again on uh, basically pass interference calls and illegal, and contact. illegal contact. I mean, the whole league is trending toward – Throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Um, and that's what the Eagles want to do. They want to throw the ball. Um, that's where they spend their money. That's what they believe in. That's what Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have always believed in. That's why they traded up twice to draft Carson Wentz back in 2016. And that's why they drafted Donovan McNabb in 1999. And so I think there's a lot of merit to what John is saying, that the best offense for the Eagles to run is not necessarily the offense that the Eagles want to run. And I've been pounding this drum since last year, ever since they shifted uh, before that game against the Lions and went ahead and destroyed Detroit, what was it, 44-6, to six, and became a run-first team from that point on. 
They're playing that way because they have to. They're not playing that way because they want to. And I think what we're going to see, at least to start, if I had to guess and bet, would be them trying to play the way that they tried to play at the beginning of last season with Jalen Hurts as kind of the, the nucleus of the whole thing, not necessarily from a running perspective, but from a throwing perspective. Now, maybe Nick Sirianni will work more of, you know, the, the RPO and the, and the Hertz action as a runner into it more than he would like, um, you know, to try to diversify the offense. Um, but we all know how the Eagles want to play. And the question really is, can Jalen Hurts play that way? Yeah. Mike, one quote, I think your colleague Jeff McClain actually asked Jalen Hurts this was, you know, about the, I don't even want to go stereotypical, but, you know, the, the, the running quarterback, if you will, and Hurts said, look, I'm not going to change my game. You know, that, that's who I am. That's my reality. And I agree with Jalen Hurts 100%. His biggest asset is his legs and his ability to score touchdowns in the red zone right now. And do you think the Eagles would even get mad if Jalen Hurts takes off and gets a big game and just doesn't read through his progressions? I think I don't know if they'd get mad at him per se or angry at him, but I do think it's something that would play into their evaluation of him as their potential long-term answer at quarterback. They very much believe in the, while you want a quarterback who can do multiple things, you want a Donovan McNabb who has a great arm and can make all the throws, but if he absolutely needs to, can break from the pocket and run for a first down and gain big yardage that way. Um, they thought Carson Wentz was going to be that guy too. Um, they want that. Um, but throwing the ball on time in rhythm to the right receiver in the right spot is a key component of that. And that's where everybody has the hesitation about Hertz. Um, you know, I mean, I, I get, I get the nature of that question and I understand why people are asking that question. And it's a fair question to ask. I think, you know, the part of the reason that Hertz turns that question on his head is that, you know, if you think back to the stereotypes of the black quarterback coming up through the NFL, it wasn't just that, you know, the perception was that, oh, they couldn't play that position. It was that they weren't wired to play that position. You know, that kind of Neanderthalic thinking that um, they couldn't be leaders and all this stuff. And Jalen Hurts checks all those boxes and then some. I mean, I pointed this out in a column last week, kind of comparing him to Kyler Murray, right? Like they're kind of opposite sides. It's like... Uh, Superman and Bizarro Superman, right? <laughs> Murray can do everything athletically that you want a quarterback to do. And yet the Cardinals felt the need to include this clause in his contract that he would actually study up uh, and prepare, you know, off the field and away from the field. And Hertz, nobody has any doubts about his, you know, intangibles, his intelligence, his work ethic, his leadership, all those things. It's simply a matter of once the bullets are flying. Is he going to stand in there and make the throws that the modern NFL demands a quarterback make? Uh, and so, you know, it's really an interesting, deep question, um, you know, and it's one that, you know, I, I don't think a team like the Eagles can do anything other than try to answer it as best they can for themselves, you know, in terms of is this the, is Jalen Hurts the guy we need to run the offense that we want to run? Mike, we got 32 days until uh, first game of the year against the Lions in Detroit, and it's already become a, a fun narrative. I, I know we're all trying to jettison through 
the, the three preseason games, the joint practices that will be important, and get to that Lions game as quickly as we can. I'm ready to go there. And I'm surprised that a lot of people are nervous slash scared of the Lions week one. Um, I think the Lions are going to stink, no matter how good they look on a hard knocks, no matter how much you may think uh, Dan Campbell is a coat machine. By the way, Deuce Staley looked good on hard knocks last night. They're a bad football team. I don't care. So, oh, you don't want to play the Lions early in the season because they don't know how bad they'll be. Oh, yeah, they know how bad they'll be. Did you see Jamal Williams going last year's record? That's not us. I cry when I think about it. Why are people nervous about playing Lions first week of the season? Because for a couple reasons, I think, Jody, because every new NFL season is an unknown. And the prospect of the Eagles losing the first game of the season to a team that was as bad last season as the Lions were just naturally sets everybody off on, oh, if they lose that game, then their season is lost and they're not going to be as good as we hope they're going to be. I think the other part of it factor that's playing into it, too, is that Campbell is very much. Um, I guess the term would be an old school kind of uh, coach in terms of the Lions are hitting. The Lions are, are getting back to, uh, you know, the basics of football. Campbell is projecting the image of a coach that Philadelphia fans very much identify with. You know, we're going to punch them in the teeth. We're going to kick them in the shins and we're going to bite them in the leg and we're going to do everything we possibly can to beat them. And everybody in Philadelphia goes, Oh, this is exactly the kind of coach that we want to have, right? Except that none of that matters once the ball gets kicked off and the Detroit Lions players have to line up against the other team's players and the Lions players don't match up from a talent and scheme standpoint to the other team. So um, I think those sorts of anxieties are natural uh, amongst Eagles fans. It's a function of the market and the kind of football that a lot of people – who are fans of the team grew up on and want to see. Um, but that doesn't mean that the lions are better than the Eagles. And it does certainly doesn't mean that they're going to win week one. Like through the three train camp practices I was at one thing I see as a team with a lot of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. If this defense is as good as we think it can be, what's our ceiling for the Eagles here? Is it just NFC East or you think we can go higher than that? You know, Jeff, I wrote this in a, a column about a week, two weeks ago, that it, it would not be completely surprising if the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl. Now, that is hugely dependent on Jalen Hurts, okay? And I have my reservations and doubts about whether Hurts is that kind of top-tier quarterback. But the thing that Hurts, at this stage of his career, allowed the Eagles to do was because he only makes, what, $1.9 million, $2, you know, $2 million, or whatever, he counts that against the cap, they were able to go out and make all these acquisitions and bring in all this talent, um, at least during this past offseason. And they've drafted better over the last couple of years um, so that they have players who are homegrown who look like they are pretty good as well. So um, I think they can be a, a really good team. I think they're a 12 and 5 kind of team. That ought to be the baseline expectation for who this team is, given the division they're in, given the schedule as it is, and given the way that they were able to improve you know, the places that they needed to improve. They added an elite pass rusher in Hassan Reddick. They added an elite wide receiver in A.J. Brown. They added a, another solid starting cornerback in James Bradbury. So, you know, they're a good team. Um, and if it doesn't 
if the season doesn't go the way everyone hopes it's going to go, um, you know, I think people are going to take a hard, quick look at people like Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon. Um, you know, I feel like we've been saying these things over and over again since the middle of the summer, but they haven't changed. You know, the, the, the factors that are, are the most important ones and will be determinative about how good this team turns out to be are the ones everybody's been saying since the middle of the summer. It's Hurts, it's Sirianni, it's Gannon. Mike, the thing that uh, did change in the middle of summer, at least for me, and maybe it's shame on me, um, but I think most people were in the same boat that I was in, was we found out that Shane Steichen was calling all the plays, that that transformed in the middle of last season, didn't get around to telling anybody, uh, and they admitted it this year. Uh, so you've got a very uh, personal personality-based head coach who's good with the media and uh, knows all the answers and knows how to uh, uh, set up the way that he wants his team to be perceived and looked at. You got a defensive coordinator who I actually, the more I see, and I was down at practice yesterday, I like the way Steichen answers questions. He's forthcoming. He, he looks you in the eye, he answers your question. He's not going to give away the, the secret sauce, but, but he's a straight shooter. And then you got Shane Steichen, who to me is like a wet blanket. Uh, there's there's not much there when you get a chance to talk to and converse with Shane Steichen, but he is the creative mind that is going to make or break the Eagles' offensive season. You got faith in Shane Steichen calling the plays this year? It's interesting you frame Steichen that way, Jody, because in the couple of times I've had the chance to interact with him away from the podium, um, just amongst amongst a small group of reporters, he he seemed pretty outgoing and pretty open. Really? Um, yeah. And wow. I've never um, seen that. Yeah. And, you know, as far as him calling the plays, I mean, look, if his contributions led them to what happened in the second half of last season, then Eagles fans ought to feel pretty good about that. Right. Like the offense wasn't as good through the first seven games as it was through the final 10. Now, some of that is a function of the schedule. Some of that is the function of the change in philosophy. Uh, but let's see. Look, I, you know, I, I think that the process by which plays get called in the NFL is different from the way we conceive of it, right? It really is kind of by committee. And the question is, who is the last voice that Jalen Hurts will hear in the headset? Um, and if it's Steichen compared to Sirianni, uh, okay, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think we can, we can bog ourselves down a little too much in um, who does what and how this all works. I mean, when Andy Reid was here, he would – give Marty Morningweg or Brad Childress rope to call their own plays for periods of time. And then when it started to go stale, he'd take it back and then he'd give it back. And, um, you know, these things come and go, I think, for the most part. So if, if things don't go well one or two weeks back to back, I'm sure Sirianni will take the play calling back. Um, and then things will get better and, you know, then they'll get stale again and then they'll go back to Steichen. It's just the way it goes. One of my biggest defenses of Jalen Hurts, Mike, has been – what we were talking about with Shane Steichen. This is the first year he's going to have the same play caller since, and Jalen Hurts even said it, since he was 16, 16 years old, and somehow he's made it to this level in the NFL and has had, and has had some success. So what can we expect now that he does have the same guy and actually has familiarity with him in one full offseason? Well, presumably, Jeff, you're going to have a play caller uh, and a coaching staff who knows better what Jalen Hurts' strengths are um, how to utilize them and when to 
ask him to do the things that he might have been struggling to do. Um, you know, I know John has pointed this out on the show in the past that if you look at kind of Hertz's throw chart from last season, it looks like a donut, right? Like there's a big hole in the middle of it because he was so reluctant to throw the ball over the middle of the field. You know, a quarterback has to be able to do that. Um, so the question becomes for Steichen and Sirianni, how often do you ask Kurtz to do that? Um, how much is it just a, a basic function of the offense? Hey, if he can't make this throw, then we can't run what we want to run. And how much of it is, okay, we got to ask him to make this throw and we got to give him opportunities to do it. And here's the ways that we can allow him to do that. Um, you know, from what I've seen at camp, the few days I've been out there and from what I've read, the days that I haven't. You know, Hertz is throwing the ball an awful lot to AJ Brown. And a couple of days that I've seen, it's in a lot of quick slants. It's, you know, five, six yards, boom, get him the ball in motion so that Brown can shed a smaller cornerback and create yards after the catch. So maybe we see more of that. I mean, look, they're not going to show us much in the in the portions of the practices that we can see uh, that will reveal what they're going to do in the off in the season. They're not even going to reveal very much of it in these preseason games. I mean, it used to be that you would get a decent sense of what things would look like form a team in the regular season from what they would do in the preseason. I mean, Jody probably remembers this as well as I do if he was in the market. I remember the second preseason game in 2004 after the Eagles had acquired Terrell Owens. And the first play from scrimmage of the first home preseason game of that year, Donovan McNabb threw deep to Owens, who caught it for a touchdown. And everybody went, okay. Here's what we're going to see this year from the Eagles. Well, you don't get that kind of revealing moment really anymore in the preseason. Teams don't allow it. They don't want it. They're using these games as part of a wide tapestry of evaluating, um, you know, the 90 guys uh, that they're going to figure out who are going to end up being on their rosters. So sorry, Eagle fans, for those of you planning going down to the game on Friday versus the Jets, Mike Sielski has just promised you it's not going to be an 83-yard pass from <laughs> Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown here. I would They're bet against it, Jerry. I would bet against it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mike, great stuff. We appreciate you hopping on board. I uh, know you're running the kids off the camp. Have a good day. You know we'll get you on again before the season gets underway. Thanks for jumping in today. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. That is Mike nice Sielski, uh, lead a columnist for the Inquirer Sports, uh, host on Sundays with uh, Glenn Macnow on WIP, and good enough to jump in with us when we ask here on Birds 365. All right, when we come back, I want to uh, expand the conversation I was having. Uh, I asked a question of Mike, now I want to ask of Jeff. About the Lions. Lions and Tigers and Bears, oh my, Really? Uh, are, are we that afraid of the Lions coming into the season? I'll see if Carr watched. I watched uh, uh, Hard Knocks oh, last I night. <laughs> I watched. It was entertaining, but it didn't change my opinion of the type of team that the Lions are going to be this year. They are the Eagles' opening week opponent. Uh, we'll talk some Eagles-Lions when we come back next here on Birds 365.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. First game of the season, 32 days to kick off. Will Jason Kelsey be back by that time? That's just one of uh, several things we're talking about here on Birds 365 with Jeff Kerr sitting in for Johnny Mack. He's an early Eagles practice again today. They moved it up because I was there yesterday. It was hot. Uh, I, I couldn't couldn't blame the Eagles for moving it up because even at their 9 a.m. start, it was all right. I got in my car at 7.55 to head over to uh, – the Novacare complex. It was already 84 degrees at 7:55 in the morning. That's ridiculous. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm bemoaning the Eagles because they're moving their practice, which keeps Johnny Mac out of the mix. We didn't get a chance to punch him up, uh, but I truthfully can't blame them for doing so because it's going to be another hot one again today. All right, uh, I know we're jettisoning past this weekend's all important preseason game against the Jets. And the two other preseason games with uh, co-practices tied to them. And it seems like the Eagles put more into the joint practices than they do the actual exhibition games. We're, we're fast forwarding uh, through all of that and getting to week one against the Detroit Lions. I've been saying it for the better part of a month here on Birds 365. 
it's not if the Eagles beat the Lions, it's how many touchdowns the Eagles beat the Lions by. I, I just don't think the Lions are going to be a very good team this year. We'll get an inside look at them on Hard Knocks. I'm going to get your uh, Cisco and Ebert report on Hard Knocks here in just a second, uh, Jeff. But here's one. Forget about the fact that Jared Goff is a mediocre quarterback. And for you Lions fans out there who want to say, oh, Jared Goff had a better passer rating than Jalen Hurts last year. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, but Goff is what he is. And Jalen Hurts, I still believe, is on the incline and, and getting better. Um, they don't have much of a running game. Jamal Williams gave an impassioned speech last night, but it doesn't make him a thousand-yard rusher. Their number one draft pick doesn't look like he's going to be ready at the wideout position uh, from Alabama before the season starts. I just don't think the Lions are going to be a good team. And this is a story that's kind of gone underplayed, Jeff, and I need your take on this. I want your take on the Lions just in general, and we got the hard knocks in a second. But you've seen these stories about Lion retirements, right? There's been plenty of them. There's, what, been four of them already? Four players since the offseason started, two before camp, two after camp started, that walked away and said, thank you, no, we don't need to be here anymore. Guys who are fighting for their NFL lives. Two of the guys were undrafted free agents this year, were in college last year, and know this is their one chance to make the NFL. And they said, yeah, no, dealing with the Lions or playing in the National Football League? The heck with this. Let me go home. Uh, that's not a good sign any way you slice it, Jeff Kerr. The guys are willing to just walk away from the National Football League. They didn't get cut by the Lions. They told the Lions, thank you, no, we don't want to be here anymore. Uh, Dan Campbell may be an old school coach. He may be able to come up with some fun quotes. He may be a coach that would play well here in Philadelphia. He's got guys quitting on him left, right, and center. That's not a good sign. That's why the Detroit Lions don't scare me. How do you explain four guys, 21, 22 years old, walking away from the football team before a season ever gets started? So I got to say this, just from Hard Knocks, and, you know, the, the scene where Dan Campbell was doing the up-downs with his players, I always said, you know, when I, I played in high school, my coach did that, did up-downs with us or did something like that, you better outwork him because you're never going to hear the end of it if he does. And I don't think professional football players, most of them, um, some, some of them may actually like how a coach does that, could inspire them, but those undrafted guys – those guys, those fringe guys, if their coach who did play in the NFL and is 46 years old, is that working you? That's a sign for him, like, you're not cut out to be a lion. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you, you think he scared him off because he did up-downs? I think that's part of it. I'm not saying Ooh. all of it. I, I, I'm just saying it's, it's, you know, Dan Campbell doesn't – he reminds me of a guy I really wouldn't want to mess with. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't want to get in his doghouse. I give you that. I, I, I just would not want to get in that man's doghouse. It, it just seems like I, you know, Trudy. I, I gotta tell you a story. I still remember. I think it was from 2002 when I, I Dan Campbell, and Jeremy Shockey were teammates with the Giants. I think they both ate dirt to prove how tough they were. I, I, I vaguely remember that. I know Shockey did. I'm pretty sure Campbell did it with him. And I'm like, okay. You know, this guy's a head coach in the league now, and I get he's he's providing a lot of opportunities, giving a lot of former NFL players an opportunity to move up that they don't get that opportunity anywhere else. I mean, look at Deuce Staley, but as far as the Lions, 
I'm a lot more worried about the Detroit Lions that Jameson Williams is going to play week one. He's not. Um, he, he's just not going to be ready for that. So, but I'm telling you, there's talent on that team. Are they going to be good? No, but I think they could shock some people this year. And week one, you don't know if you're a bad team yet. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams could say, hey, we were a bad team last year, and I, I married an effing record and all this stuff. But I would not sleep on the Detroit Lions week one. Let's just put it that way. Because Amon Ross St. Brown can make your life a living, you know what, if you allow him to. The Eagles, I, I think they take care of business week one, but they have to, have to put pressure on Jared Goff early. They have to score early. If they have to run the ball 50 times to beat them, which I think they could do, by the way, so be it. It's get this win. You know, they should win this game by at least 10 points, but I'm telling you, they better not start all slow against this football team because that gives bad teams life. All right, uh, so I'll ask this question. I think I asked Johnny Mac this one, too. Um, we knew that the Eagles' schedule was going to be what it was going to be as far as the opponents and the location, where the games were going to be as soon as last season ended. That's how the NFL works. Yeah, They do the schedule by rote. Uh, you know exactly who the teams you're going to play are. The only thing you don't know is what the dates are going to be, what order they're going to be in. Are you going to be on Amazon on Thursday night or a Sunday night game? That needs to be all ferreted out, and they do it a little bit earlier every single year, and they make a day of it on television. The entire NFL network talks about the schedule breakdown for 24 hours, every single team, every single game, and more power to them that they know how to milk their product. Um, but we know who the Eagles are going to play as soon as the season ends the, the, the year before. They were going to play the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Where do you think would have been the best place for them to play Detroit? And their first game of the season was going to be against somebody somewhere that they have on their schedule. Who would you have preferred to play week one? If, if Roger Goodell gave you the pen and said, go ahead, write it down on the board, Kerr. Uh, fill out the Eagles schedule for me. Put it together in any order you want. Who would you have had week one as the best opponent for the Eagles? And where would you have slotted Eagles at Lions in? So Eagles Lions, I think I'd rather play them for the middle of the season, just because like kind of like last year. I kind of liked how they had the Lions in Detroit. What was it, week eight? I believe it was. Week eight, week nine. It was early November or October, early November. I think Halloween, that's when that's when they played them. So I, I think I'd rather have them there. Call me crazy, Jody. I like when they played really good teams from the year before, week one. Like, I remember the Andy Reid years. I loved when they played the St. Louis Rams week one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one. When the Atlanta Falcons were good, they played them week one. I, I just like that because I, I always thought it was a good early season test. You know, week one, week two, I like to get those teams out of the way. So, I'm not saying I want to play Dallas Cowboys week one. But I, I feel like if they played the playoff team from last year, I think that that'd be more than ideal. But again, it, this should be like the Houston Texans in 2006. This should be like, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like quote unquote easy opponents. Um, Washington in 2017, it, they should take care of business week one. Like it's very ideal for them to start out on and oh, but you also got to make sure you're prepared for that week because if not, this is a Lions team that can sneak up on you. They do a really good offensive line. They have a good tight end. They have good wide receivers, even without Jameson Williams. DeAndre Smith can beat you, but it's the defense. This is where I think Eagles could score a bolo of points. The Lions' defense is bad, and Aiden Hutchinson is going to make a difference in that pass rush, but 
can he transform the entire defense? I, I Not in week one, through the end of the year maybe, but they just have to go in there, play like the talented team I've seen in training camp, and just uh, – what was the phrase Dan Campbell used? I don't care if you have one butt cheek or three toes, I'm going to kick your butt. Uh, I'm putting this nicely because we're on air here. <laughs> That's not what he actually said, but – that's how they got Jake the Lions. They, they just got to go, well, we, we don't care. We're going to go out there and we're going to pound the crap out of them. Yeah, see, you and I see this differently. Um, number one, if I could pick any team to play week one, I would pick the Detroit Lions. I think the schedule maker did the Eagles a major You wouldn't play solid. the Texans? I would rather play the Lions. Texans, are you? Uh, is that one in Houston? Yeah, it's a Thursday night game. Okay, you're right. Either the Lions or Texans. Good point by you. I want a layup. If I can get a layup week one, uh, head of the field, slam dunk, please give it to me because the Eagles are still, I don't want to say they're building something from the bottom up, but Jalen Hurts' development as their starting quarterback is still a work in progress. They added a, a couple of major pieces during this offseason. Hassan Reddick, A.J. Brown, James Bradbury. Uh, feel free to give me a week or two to get them up to speed before they're going to be tested against a team with uh, one of the better offenses. If we're talking about the defensive guys, um, uh, Jordan Davis is going to be plugged right in and going to have an impact week number one. I want to give those guys that week of growth. Let's build off a win first, a win that we think we're going to get, a win, a game that we're going to be favored in. Oh, they're going to be favored by more than a field goal. I think it might be more than four points by the time the, the line comes out on those games. It Week could be a touchdown, one. honestly, Jody. Like, it's, I know the Lions were 3-3 three and three in their last six last year, and they did have some impressive wins toward the end of the season. But still, it's the Lions haven't done anything in – 30 years. They haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. It's the longest active streak, streak in the NFL. Uh, Eagles have won more playoff games in one postseason than the Lions have in the last 65 years. So, I, I mean, ideally, yeah, you do kind of want to play Detroit. I'm just, I just would not sleep on Dan Kane. He is a guy I would never want to underestimate in any circumstance. It's, I don't care if he's a good coach or a bad coach. He just has that railroad vibe to him. Don't sleep on him, at least early in his career. Uh, watch this. I'm sleeping on Dan Campbell. Um, <laughs> and and, so end up right here in the win by 21 points, but I'm going to say that it's because of their talent and because of how they yeah, see that's, that's the biggest part of it is the Eagles just have a more talented roster. And as far as playing a really good team the first week, if you had uh, given me your line of logic in 2018 when the Eagles were coming off a Super Bowl win, I'm with you, Carr. Yeah, you, you've got a veteran squad. You've already set the bar. It's unbelievable high again the next year because what do you do after you win the Super Bowl? You got to try and win another one, right? You got to go back. Oh, we're not going to win the Super Bowl, but we'll try and be competitive. That don't work. Try and sell that to your fan base. No chance, no shot. So I get your line of logic, but the team has to be in the right position for that to be applicable. And this team coming off nine and eight, really nine and seven, last game doesn't count. Um, and a butt kicking in the playoffs isn't high enough for me to say, yeah, go ahead, give me your sternest test week number one. I want to find out right away how good. No going to be good. The question is how good, how good. No, no, no. I want to build this up. I want this to be a building, 
And I'm perfectly fine with beating the snot out of Lions week number one. Now, well, week two against thing, Minnesota, that could be a little bit of a test, but I want the Lions week number one so I can get off with a big W start the season. Yeah, One thing I will say about this Eagles team, and this is why, like, I, I say you shouldn't be scared of the Lions because I feel this Eagles team has a lot to prove. I think the quarterback has a lot to prove. I think the receiver has a lot to prove. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, I think the coach has a lot to prove. They, trust me, they hear the BS people say about them on Twitter. They do. You didn't beat anybody good last year. Well, the Lions aren't good either. And they'll say that after week one, but the Eagles are going to want to prove a point each and every week. We are a darn good football team. We are going to go out here and we are going to win games. We are going to live up to these expectations you guys are creating. But they're tired of hearing they were 0-7 against teams with winning records last year because, to me, that's a BS stat sometimes because three of those teams they beat when they had winning records. So I look at it as this team is hungry. They're going to have something to prove. Yeah, the Lions are hungry dogs too, but you know who invented hungry dog speech? The Eagles. So – and there's still players on that team that carry a lot of weight. I just don't see a Lane Johnson, uh, a Jordan Malata, a Brandon Graham. I just don't see leaders like that. And Jordan Malata's become a leader on this team, by the way. Uh, sure. I just don't see players like that allowing them to lose week one. I just don't. All right. Uh, I, we discussed this when we had Mike on the air. I uh, want to get a good uh, 10, 12-minute conversation in uh, with it about you, J.K., because we got Derek Gunn, D. Gunn. Uh, from Sports Take uh, here on the Jacob Media YouTube channels, come jump aboard. We know that D Gunn has his uh, opinions and contacts and connection with the Eagles, so we'll go heavy birds with him when we punch him up. All right. Um, as I mentioned with Mike when I had him on, Johnny Mac Monday said with me here on Birds 365, truth be told, if he could whisper in Shane Steitenkin's ear, he would tell him from week one on, run the ball, run the ball. Don't fool around with Pesava. What do you do best? You run the ball. That hasn't changed. Run the ball. And I was on WIP yesterday with Joe DeCamera who said, the strength of this team is the offensive line. The strength of the offensive line is run blocking, getting those big boys out in front, opening holes. That's what worked for us in the second half of the season. Run, Forrest, run. Don't go down this passing road. You're only going to get behind the eight ball like you did last year off to a slow start. I understand the philosophy of it, but then you got to jump into the reality of it and the money that they gave A.J. Brown and the fact that, yeah, they ran the ball so successfully the second half of the season, and then they went into Tampa for a playoff game. And it was 31 to nothing before you blinked. Do they really want to reproduce that again this year? I think the defense is going to be better. So they have a better chance in that playoff game if they get in against a more prolific passing team in the opening round of the playoffs this year. They get a better chance just because their defense is going to be that much better. But they're probably going to be a dog again, except for the fact that uh, the game will be here at Lincoln Financial Field because I think the Eagles are going to win the division. You don't think there's any chance the Eagles between now and that first game in Detroit come to the realization Hey, we're just a running team, so we got to play the cards we're dealt. Let's go back to the running game. You don't think there's any chance of that happening, do you? Eagles ran the ball to the extreme last year. You know, <laughs> they were 60-40 running the ball. Usually teams are 60-40 passing the ball. 
I think they're going to run the ball. I think there's going to be stretches where they run the football a lot, especially against bad football teams. But overall, I think it would be more healthier if this team would go 55-45 passing. I, you know, running the ball is going to be a strength for this team. I, I think you run the ball when you build that early lead, rowing the football. And I, I think that's what they need to do this year. Uh, do I think they'll come to the reality that they need to run the ball? It all depends on the matchup. If quarterback's having a bad start, I run the football. If, you know, the secondary is outmatching the quarterback, yeah, I'd run the football just because I want to do whatever I can to win football game. But, look, this isn't Rodney Pete back here. It's not. It's Jalen Hurts. It's He's going to find ways this year to beat opponents. Will he be Patrick Mahomes in doing it? Will he be Justin Herbert in doing it? No, but – He's going, he's improved. I, I'm just saying right now, just from what I've seen, he's improved. He's working on throwing the ball over the mill. He's got better receivers this year. Everybody seems to forget that, by the way. The Eagles receiving core last year outside of Dr. Smith and Dallas Goddard was terrible. I'm sorry. It, it, it wasn't good. When Quez Watkins is your second best receiver, you got some problems. You, you do. And they improved that this year. The offensive line is good. It, it, was the best offensive line last year, and it'd be even better. The defense was terrible. Jalen Hurts is going to have more of a leeway this year than he did last year. So, in a way, yeah, you can run the ball, and I don't mind them doing that. It's I want to go by what's going to be successful enough for this team to win that particular week, and that's what the good teams do. Tom Brady doesn't have to throw football 50 times a game for them to win. Uh, it's very but, but, but he pretty much does. You say he doesn't need to. But he does. That's what Tampa does. They throw the football all over the place. Well, they did throw the ball 784 times last year. So, yeah, I, I could be wrong there. But it's – look, I, I'm just saying, the Eagles are a team that can beat you running the football. I, I, I think that's a nice ace in your in, – it's a nice ace in the hole. Let's just put it that way. And here's the thing that I think you need to keep your eye on and remember from last year. Um Jalen Hurts missed one game last year, and the aforementioned Gardner Minshew stepped in, played well enough. It was against a pretty putrid Jet defense. I know I was there. I was at the game, um, and I know the Jets quite well. Their defense wasn't good last year, so I don't want to make too much out of Gardner's big game. Gardner tried, walked into the coach's office and said, hey, what do I have to do to become the starting quarterback here? And the coach said, not happening, Gardner. Thanks for the win, big guy, but – you're not becoming the starting quarterback. Um, and, oh, by the way, as Jeff noted correctly earlier in the show, Gardner's been awful in practices. Awful. Just terrible in Eagle practices. This is Jody McDonald's opinion. I saw him for one day yesterday and uh, watched him throw a couple of balls away badly. No, this is everybody who covers the Eagles every single day. Johnny Mack being our lead guy here on Birds 365. Everybody said that Gardner's kind of stunk it up. Uh, so if Jalen Hurts should go down, and everybody's got their opinions. I love our people on our stream. Uh, they argue Jalen Hurts with us here every single day. Whatever you think of Jalen Hurts, he is the guy, if the Eagles are going to go anywhere, it's going to take him there. If you think Gardner Minshew is coming in off the bench, and if he has to start 10 games in the regular season and carry them into the playoffs, you can go ahead and cancel those Super Bowl parade parties because they're not going to happen. Gardner Minshew and just isn't that type of quarterback. So get get that thought out of your head. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to build up. 
where is Garoppolo going, by the way? I saw today the 49ers came out and said, yeah. uh, we don't have to trade him until cutdown day. Yeah, good luck trying to trade him. Uh, I think he's going to actually end up having to be cut. Where do you think he ends up? The only team that can take on his salary right now is the team who – No, 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 really no, no. You're, you're not getting me. Uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, he's not going to be cut. He's not going to be traded. He's going to be cut. Nobody's going to take him on. Nobody wants to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $24 million. They'll say, we'll wait till the 49ers cut him, which I believe they will do, and then we'll pay him whatever we want to pay him. Uh, are you actually saying you think that somebody's going to trade for him and pay him at $24 million? I'm just saying there's only one team that can do it, and that's the Cleveland Browns. But they're not going to do that. So, yeah, he's going to get cut. And the San Francisco 49ers do not want him going to Seattle Seahawks, but that's the team. That's the team. It's Look who they got back there. Geno Smith and Drew Locke. It's, are you really telling me you're going to go into the year with them, even if you're rebuilding? Like You have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf on your team. The ball has to get to them in some way, shape, or form. And look, Geno Smith did a fine job in the couple games he played for Seattle last year. It's not the long-term answer. Is Jimmy Garoppolo? No, but it's a much better option than what you got. Everybody just seems to be set at the quarterback position. The Houston Texans are set at the quarterback position going into 2022 with Davis Mills, who was one of the better quarterbacks in the league the last five games last year. So... I'm looking at it as, are you just going to keep him fourth team quarterback on your on your depth chart this year because you don't want to release him? No, it's someone's going to pick him up somewhere along the line. My guess is it's Seattle, maybe Cleveland, depending on how long Deshaun Watson is suspended. Uh, again, we just don't know. You know, six games is right now, but that may change because of the appeal. Seattle so, question. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, maybe. I, I I did think this would be the ideal team for him. Maybe Carolina, but they got bigger Mayfield now, so that's not happening. But those are the only three. Um, Let me get your Seattle take here. Johnny and I have discussed this before. Uh, he actually believes that when Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available for whatever negotiated price you can get done with him, um, the Seattle Seahawks may not even engage, might not even talk to him that they are actually attempting to tank, that there's been a lot of tanking talk in the NFL, uh, certainly around the Dolphins. I I will say that. that They're one of two. The Falcons are definitely tanking, no matter what people say. Uh, Okay. I I, I would say Seattle first, Atlanta no better than second, but if you want to put them on a par, that's fine with me. Um, They're not going all out to win football games. We can agree on that. And the whole investigation into Ross down in Miami for – whether he did or didn't tell the coach, I'll give you a bonus if you don't win games because we want to move up in the draft. Foolish Mike Lombardi. I will say a... this. These teams are trying to win games. It's just, I don't think they care if they win games. I, I, it's, the Atlanta Falcons do not have a franchise quarterback on the roster. They don't. And if they get number one pick, there's a good chance you're going to get one. And they're going to be a lot better because I like the Drake London pick. I like Kyle Pitts. Their offensive line isn't great. But they're building guys on defense, AJ Terrell and stuff. Like, there's players there, but they need that franchise quarterback. And I think you know, Marcus Mariota is just a bridge guy. It's the same with Drew Locke, same with Vino Smith, whoever there. And Seattle's definitely retooling. It's because they're, I'll say it, Seattle signing DK Metcalf and not trading him is a good sign that they still feel they can compete 
in a couple of years' time. They just need the quarterback again. They have the capital because they traded Russell Wilson. I am glad you used the word bridge, bridge quarterback, because I have my own definition of a bridge. Bridge is just supposed to get you to the other side. Oh, I think there are certain bridges that get you right into the abyss, that just go right off into the drop-off zone. You mean Marcus Mariota's one of them? <laughs> I unfortunately do. And I was a big Mariota fan coming out of Oregon. I thought he was going to be an above-average NFL quarterback. He's as mediocre as they come. I do like him better than either of the two guys in Seattle, though. If we're talking about uh, putting them in some kind of an order, I think the Seahawks are actually worse. Seahawks have more talented wide receivers. They might be able to make plays even with bad quarterbacks, but I think that's uh, they, they have made plays with bad quarterbacks. Like I thought they they made Geno Smith half decent last year in the games they put. That's the thing football game. Metcalf and Lockett, they they turn some bad Smith throws into big games. So again, it's I I, I just can't believe Geno Smith or Drew Locke might start NFL games this year. A lot of NFL oh, games this year. Well, one of them has to. Um, my guess is it's going to be Locke, but we'll see how that changes. Maybe they'll trade for Gardner. Maybe they'll believe in the Bulls gold and say we're crazy reporters. No, see, they can't even do that. And I know Gardner's been god-awful in, in practice this year, but I actually broached that a month ago, six weeks ago here on Birds 365. Could they trade Gardner Minshew? I did so because I thought Carson Strong might flash enough to merit being the backup quarterback. (laughs) Oh, he's been pitiful. If Gardner's been bad, Carson Strong's been god-awful in practice. If you're telling me the Philadelphia Eagles season, by week two, Jalen Hurts goes down with an injury, could be in the hands of Reed Stinnett for two months, why would we do Birds 365? They'd have to cancel the show. That's why Gardner's still an Eagle. And they'll be a deal. Like, Carter Minshew could start in this league. He has started in this league. But, yeah, you're right. Reed Stinnett, oh, yeah. I mean, he's barely outplaying Carson Strong. It's I'm curious to see how Carson Strong looks when he actually does play Friday night. Yeah, he is going to play. Uh, the preseason is upon us. Jets, Eagles, usually the last preseason game. This year, the first preseason game. That is just one of the things we'll talk about with our next guest. Our very own Derek Gunn. D Gunn's going to join us, uh, hopping aboard here to us on Bird 365. You hear him uh, here every day on the Sports Take Show. Uh, looking forward to shooting the breeze with Derek Gunn. He's scheduled next here on Bird's 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Here on Birds 365, if you're looking for John McMullen, he's at Eagles Camp. That's another follically challenged individual like myself, Jeff Kerr, sitting in for him. Uh, but we get Johnny Mac up here. In the next couple of days, he's going to be uh, off from Eagles practice. And we got another follically challenged guy joining the show. Damn, we're good looking, considering we have no hair. Uh, that would be one Derek Gunn from our very own Sports Take Show and longtime Eagle uh, opinion generator and reporter. D Gunn, we haven't talked in a bit. How you been? Hey, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about. My natural curls flow in the wind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Secondly, we haven't talked because you've been neglecting me. You have everybody else on the show but me, but I understand that. My feelings are not hurt. Um, oh, man. It, it's okay. It's okay. Jeff, you got Jeff up in the house tonight. See, I saw. See, I understand why. When you have when you have a Jeff Kerr in the house, D Gun is like it's like Jeff Kerr, D Gun down here. I get this. No, no, no. I always value you, D Gun. I'm sorry. You are the goat. <laughs> he's he's busting. Oh my man. But that's How you guys okay. doing today, hey, man? A, a quickie aside. Yesterday I was doing the show for WIP from <laughs> Camp Live. A guy yep. who does not have the follicle problems we have. And thank goodness that's the case. Jordan Davis came into yep. our uh, broadcasting uh, uh, vehicle. I don't know how he got in because the doors on the trailer that we were in were like yo wide. He had to turn sideways to get in. And then we got a low hanging <clears throat> ceiling. Oh, he hit his head on the ceiling. That was a foregone conclusion. But he's got a lot of the dreads up there. So he didn't do any damage. If we'd gotten him hurt. I would have like uh, been killed by Eagle fans, but yeah, you talk about a guy with uh, good hair. That's that's Jordan Davis, and he's going to be really good for the Eagles. Uh, when you've been to practice, seen him, 
you're getting a lot of pub because he's just such a large human yeah. being yeah. and as physical uh, an athlete as he is. How big a contribution is this guy going to make uh, right out of the gate, D-Gun? Well, I think initially the best thing about him being where he is right now is the, the, the pressure is not squarely on his shoulders of being that first-round draft pick and coming in and have to play 75 80% of the snaps right away. You have two proven pro bowlers in front of you in Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Who better to learn from the guys who have been through the trench wars time and time again and have played at a high level? So, you know, he played like 35, 36% of the snaps at Georgia. I expect him to come in and give that but about the same number of reps to ease him in initially. There's no need to overplay him because they're so deep at that that position. And of course, you know, we we don't even talk about Milton Williams a lot, but we should because of the season he had last year as well as well. So you got a nice four-man rotation there. So you know, all those guys should be a lot fresher in the latter stages of a game. But I would say right around 35, 36% of the snaps for him. And, you know, considering what we saw the other day of him going one-on-one with Cam Jurgens, and, you know, no knock against Cam Jurgens because Cam Jurgens is going to be a solid offensive lineman. But it looked like a freight train going up against a standard car. Because the, the car could not move the freight train off the track. It just kept going back and back. No matter how much it tried to hit the brakes and hold its own, that freight train was not going to be stopped. He is going to be a load to deal with for opposing offensive lines this season. I'll tell you what, D-Gun. If I never covered an Eagles practice in my life and showed up for the first time yesterday, didn't know yep. the thing about Brandon Graham, you would never guessed he had a, a ruptured Achilles last year. Yeah. because. Up a run play that was designed for Miles Sanders on toss. He had sack yesterday. He looks every bit as good as he did pre Achilles injury. How huge is this going to be for the pass rush this year? Well, I get to talk to Brandon periodically and check check up on him, and um, he he's motivated for a number of reasons. Number one, well, first of all, he's just a big kid playing a kid's game at the highest level. I wish there were sixteen hundred Brandon Grams in the National Football League. Uh, he, he talks to everybody he, he, he comes across his path. He treats you like he's known you for 20 years, no matter who you are. But he's motivated for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's 34 years old. And, you know, we've had him on our show, Sports Take, a couple of times uh, since, since April. And he talks about how it could be his last season in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. Um, he understands it's a business. He now, his, his ultimate goal is to retire as a Philadelphia Eagle. But he also understands that considering the fact where his career began in Philadelphia, and a lot of people wanted to run him out of town, and all of a sudden he's a Pied Piper of Philadelphia because of that play with the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. You know, he wants to finish his career here, but he also understands it's a business and it's a numbers game. So, number one, he wants to prove to people that he's all the way back from that Achilles and he has looked good, extremely good on the field. Number two, if this is his last year, and I'm not saying it is, he wants to go out in a blaze of glory to give himself and the fans something to remember. Now, the, and, and as I've talked to him about both on camera and off the camera, I said, you, you know, you understand what a blessing it is for a defensive lineman to play with one franchise for as long as you've played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He said, oh, I know. It doesn't happen normally in the National Football League. But obviously the Eagles value, not, number one, not just the effort he gives on the football field, but the leadership qualities that he gives you in a locker room as well. He is the epitome of what an organization wants in terms of being a stand-up guy, both in the locker room, a leader, and in the community. 
Degun, uh, one of the reasons why your eagle information is as good as it is, as valuable as it is over the years, you've been able to strike up uh, great relationships with eagle players. Some off the record, some on the record. You get different info from different sources, but I know you're tied into the birds and you've got good relationships with the players. Hey, they're better than the Detroit Lions because nobody's quit this year. The Lions have had four guys quit since the middle of the season. Walk away and say, thank you, no. So we know the Eagles are already better than that. But give me your general sense. The guys that you've talked to, they like what Sirianni, they like the type of reps they're getting, (laughs) that they're uh, prepping better or the same or worse than they have in previous years. What's the feeling from the players that you've had had a chance to talk to as how – camps going this year well you know we being old school guys we're so used to two two and a half hour head knocking practices at this point of the season uh that's not the case now the guys talk about how you know they love nick sirianni first of all they are nick sirianni guys nick sirianni is their guy he is a player's coach they respect the fact that he knows when to back off and when to press now people think what can you do in 58 minutes an hour and a half an hour 45 minutes they're getting their work in. There's nobody standing around. They're getting their work in, you know, and the fact that they get their work in and they're getting off the field, they're, redo- they're recovering, whatever the case may be, they're doing a recovery, um, says a lot about where, where this team is. Go back to last year, prior to last year even, uh, before Nick Sirianni got here. Um, you know, after that Super Bowl year, this team was decimated by injuries a couple of years in a row. Now, Nick Sirianni took the same approach last year and, you know, this team went through a season relatively unscathed, you know, and so obviously whatever he's doing is work is working for him. And these guys love the fact that they take care of business. You know, he gives certain veteran players off on certain days, which is what, you know, all, all teams do. Uh, but when they're out there, all they're all about their business and they feel they accomplish a lot in, in a span of time that they're out there practicing on the field. I'll second this too. Yesterday in the heat, they practiced for an hour and a half. And I'll tell you what, at the end, I was watching AJ Brown. I was watching Miles Sanders. Yeah. They were in their drinks and they, they were tired. He was working. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I did feel like that two and a half hour practice. And it, it just seems like, like you said, Nick has that formula for how hard he can push these guys. And I think that kind of equates to the, the lack of soft tissue the soft tissue injuries we've seen. Well, you know, it's funny because those type of injuries have been up across the board in the National Football League for the last seven, eight years because of a reduction in practice. That's what some of the studies say. And you look at the volume of ACL injuries and the Achilles injuries that have gone up over the last years. And basically, <clears throat> people I've talked to, ex-players and, and, and people like that, say it takes the body X amount of time for the body to get hard and get ready for a football season. You need those head knocks to get ready for a football season. Um, and Nick's serious uh, way of doing things is showing such is, is not the case. Now, they may come out of the gate a little bit more sluggish um, than you want to see them instead of being this crisp, crisp entity on both sides of the football. Um, but it doesn't take four, five, six games for them to get to where they need to go in terms of being mentally and physically tougher. Um, you know, so you can't argue against what Nick has done. His players are on the field more so than in the tub and on, on IR. But you look across the league for whatever the case may be, these injuries are running rampant. You know, it just happens. Uh, Detroit, one of Detroit's return guys yesterday, ruptures his Achilles. He's done for the year. You know, you look at a freak accident that just happened to Makai Becton 
the uh, first round draft pick of the Jets, the right tackle. He has a fractured kneecap done for the years. Those are freak, freak accidents. Those are going to happen. When you have bodies that big moving that fast in, in, in super violent collisions, freak accidents are going to happen. But keep your fingers crossed and your toes crossed because Nick Sirianni's guys are still standing, um, and, and that's a good thing. I think uh, last year when Jalen Hurts became the starter, knew everyone who was going to be the starter, they added a big weapon on the outside by yeah. drafting Devonta Smith, a guy that Jalen Hurts knew, a guy that Jalen right. Hurts had been deep with. That right. simpatico between these two guys is going to be phenomenal. Right. Was pretty damn good last year. But then here comes A.J. Brown, and he's Jalen Hurts' best friend. Yeah, he might have known Devontae Smith, but that only goes back to college. A.J. Brown goes back to high school before he ever got to Alabama. Is Devontae Smith going to become the forgotten man here in town? No, absolutely not. Um, you, you don't you don't draft the caliber of receiver like a Devontae Smith and, and forget about him. You know, you think about, go back to last year, this man almost had 1,000 yards receiving on the volume of catches that he had. Um and then you add another guy like an A.J. Brown. Now, it's going to take some time for them to get their chemistry down. They haven't been able to play with each other, um, you know, since back in their, their teenage days. But it's going to take some time to get their chemistry down. But now, basically what you've done is you've been you're, – you're going to be able to keep a defense on his heels more so. They're not going to know where it's coming from. A.J. is going to be a nightmare matchup one-on-one. Devontae Smith has already shown that he's going to be one of the best route runners in a game. How many times was Devontae Smith over and Jalen didn't see him or didn't hit him last year? How many times was Devontae overthrown or underthrown last year, as was the case with other receivers as well? Throw Dallas Goddard in the mix. Throw how Nick Sirianni likes to swing the ball out of the backfield to his back. You know, Miles Sanders playing with a chip on his shoulder. You know, Boston Scott trying to find his niche in his offense. You know, Gainwell has has a role in both the running and the passing game. So, you know, and I expect Quez Watson game to elevate, you know, that much more in 2022. So basically now what you've done is spread the wealth in terms of options that you have at your disposal. It's on Jalen Hurts to distribute the goods now. Nick Sirianni hinted at it Sunday, but he confirmed it today. It does look like the Stars are going to play a series or two this first preseason game Friday night. Do you feel – that's enough? Do you feel like it should be more, less, or do you think it depends on the flow of the game? Well, it's, it depends on the flow of the game. But if you you know if you go back to even when they played four preseason games, the starters never played more than a series or two in that first game. You know, some teams are not even playing starters in a game. You know, you look at a team like Jacksonville under new head coach, you know, Doug Peterson. The starters played some the first game, and they're going to play some more in their next game as well. I think you need those reps. You know, the quarterback needs reps. You know, he's, he's, he's a second year into this offense now. I'm sure the playbook has been a little bit more expansive for him now in terms of what Nick Sirianni is going to ask him to do in this offense. I would assume up to this point that Sirianni has streamlined that offense to play that much more towards uh, Jalen Hurts' strengths. Get that timing down with, with A.J. Brown. And whatever it is, a short passing game, the quick pop passing game, whatever the case may be, you've got Haseem Reddick. Kazir White, James Bradbury, they need to get in that flow on a defensive scheme um, when you're playing against the op- opposition to get a comfort zone with them. Now, it's only a small sample of what we're going to see, and for the most part, it's all going to be vanilla. But, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm not opposed at all for the, to the starters playing at least a series or two to get some of that game timing down, which is obviously at a much faster pace than practice timing. D-Gun, we found out during this offseason – Shane Steichen was actually calling the play second half of the year for the Eagles 
Um, they did a nice job of keeping that under wraps last year until it was revealed to us this offseason. And he's going to start this year as the number one play caller. Yes, we get the speech of it's collaborative and everybody works right. on the game plan during the week. Right. But the guy who's actually making that decision in the 20 seconds that you have between plays right. is going to be Shane Steichen. You have confidence in him this season? Yeah. I mean, he basically um, he did something similar to that last year. And I don't want my head coach calling the plays. There's so much going on in such a fast amount of time in the game. That's one less thing your head coach has to worry about. And when a head coach feels comfortable to turn over the offensive play calling reins to his second in command, that tells me that there's some patico, so to speak, on the same wavelength. They think the same way. And obviously there's going to be a collaboration on the sidelines in terms of, okay, are we in sync in terms of what we want to do on this down and this distance? Is this the person we want to go to here, whether it's a running play or a passing play? So for Nick Sirianni to come out and say Steichen will be calling the plays, it tells me that, okay, they have spent enough time Looking back in the film for 2021, they have spent enough time together during the offseason leading up to where we are now, looking at the film in, in, you know, in, in the Novacare complex to that they're in sync in terms of how they want this offense structured, how they want it to flow, how they want to attack the opposition. Deacon, one thing I've noticed with this football team, especially on defense, is how well James Bradbury has played in camp. Um, he's on the one-year deal. Could the right. Eagles decide early in this season to give him the bag, kind of like what they did with impending free agents like Jordan Milan, Dallas Goddard, and do you think James Bradbury would take it or see if he can get more this offseason? You know what? Um, it would depend on what him and his agent are looking for. Now, Howie Roseman is one of the best in the business at identifying players they want to keep beyond the current season. And, you know, everything you hear about Bradbury is he's having an outstanding camp. And if Howie Roseman can, if Howie Roseman feels that he is what we need, opposite of Darius Slay moving forward, you know, the, the Eagles, like every other team, are already looking at the salary cap for next year, even though they don't know a definitive number in terms of what what that cap is going, that cap number is going to be. But they're already looking at who could be here, who could not be here, who do we want to keep, who do we, we want to try to lock up now. You know, James Bradbury got a big contract when he went to the Giants. It didn't pan out for, for whatever the reason. You know, new new um, leadership came in there. It was, Maybe it was a numbers game. Maybe Brian Dayball didn't feel that, you know, Bradbury was what they were looking for and their coaching staff was what they were looking for moving forward um, in terms of uh, orchestrating a defense. So James Bradbury has, is motivated. You know, a one-year deal means basically he's auditioning for the Eagles and a lot of other teams out there. So when they sit back and look at the numbers and, and compare, you know, whenever they decide to talk about that, if they decide to talk about that, meaning Howie Roseman and Brad Berry and his agent, you know, look at his productivity up to that point of the season. You know, what in terms of what you're offering financially, how does it fit in with what the top 10% of cornerbacks are getting in the National Football League if he's playing at that high level I expect him to play? So I expect if, if Bradbury continues on the course that he's been on in camp, Throughout the regular season, I expect there to be a conversation to be between Howie Roseman and James Bradbury's representatives to discuss being here a little bit longer. I D-Gun, what your take on this? Um, if I were to evaluate the Eagles myself right now and break them down positionally in groups and say which one is the weakest mm. defensive line, linebackers, corners, safeties, O-line, wide receiver, you know the positional groups. 
I would say safeties are at the top of the list of the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Epps has looked pretty good. I think he's their number one safety right now. Anthony Harris has done nothing in camp. Uh, Jaquiski Tart hasn't opened any eyes, plus he got hurt. They're using Josiah Scott at yeah. safety because they need some depth there, and right. they're trying to work him out. So if we all can agree that safety, it's not that it stinks, but right. it's the weakest group that they have. They're going to jump into this Jesse Bates trade rumor stuff with Cincinnati if he continues to refuse to show up? Considering how they they came out of left field and got Bradbury, I I don't put anything past Howie Roseman. You know, we've discussed that a lot on our show, Sports Take, with myself and Rob Ellis and Barrett Brooks about the safety position. You know, Marcus Epps has had a strong camp. Um, You know, Harris is what he is, Tart. You know, when you when you look at a defense, a rugged defense, a physical defense like the 49ers, whenever they let a player like that go, you wonder, okay, why? Why did they let him go? Um, so I guess you could say that right now as we see it, the safety position is the weak link. If Howie Roseman can fit a player like Bates under the cap, Howie Roseman and, and the brass upstairs feel that he could be a, a piece that solidifies the back end of, the end of that defense, Howie Roseman will find a way to go out and get it. But, you know, you've you got to develop youth, you know, to a certain degree. You, you, you can't have pro bowlers at every position. No team does. And, it, you know, with, with every team trying to get younger. Right. But but you Bates, know, is, Bates is youth compared I to know he is. I know. Uh, the two guys that they got playing back there now. I, and- I, I get that. But where does he stand salary cap wise? You have to look at the salary cap numbers. Can he fit them in? You know, they don't have a whole lot of cap space available. You know, what is Bates looking for in terms of numbers? You know, what would you have to delete from the equation if you wanted to go out and get a base? You know, um, there's, there's so much involved in this. But I'll go back to what I initially said. If Howie Roseman can find a way to get a player of that caliber in his in, on his roster, never bet against Howie Roseman. That man's on the phone every day of the week talking to somebody about something. Gun. I always get asked about Nicobe Dean and how he's looking in camp. And I just said, look, he, he's fine. You know, he's a rookie. He's a third-round yeah. pick, but he's not on the first team. And everybody goes, well, why is he not on the first team? He's, I said, well, because they like T.J. Edwards. They like Kaiser White. They're still mixing and matching. Like, mm-hmm. Is there any concern about Nicobe Dean? Uh, there isn't for me, but is there any concern for you about Nicobe Dean maybe isn't up to par right now? No, not whatsoever. Um, again, here's another player. No need to rush him, you know. I, and when you, when you, anytime somebody mentioned that Kobe Dean's name, the first thing that comes to my mind is what Howie Roseman said, you know, back in the spring uh, after the draft is either we are right about him health wise or 31 other teams were right about him health wise. Uh, we've had no indications whatsoever that the, the pec injury has been a problem or, you know, if, if there is such a thing anymore as a pec injury, you know, bring him along slowly. You look at, you know, this is the deepest linebacking pool they've had since what's the days of Trotter and Carlos em- Emmons and, and, and guys like that. Yeah. You know, bring him along slowly. You have a Kazir White. T.J. Edwards really came on in the latter part of last season. Now, you know, you've, you, you, you have Hassan Reddick on the other side, whether his hand is down in the dirt or he's standing up. There's no need to rush him right now. Find his niche. What are his strengths and what are his weaknesses? You know, we know he was an attacking linebacker at Georgia. You know, he was a guy that moved around. He'd find a seam, you know, the weak link in the armor, and he would attack. You know, made a lot of quarterbacks uncomfortable with his speed and athleticism. You know, I'm still waiting to see how they're going to utilize him. Maybe he's the best-kept secret, so to speak, on the team right now that's not going to be unveiled 
really until it counts. But I expect us to see a little bit of Nicobe Dean on Friday night. Um, you know, I, again, um, how much he's going to play remains to be seen. But I'm looking forward to seeing how they line him up and where they line him up um, and how they're going to try to utilize his athleticism. D-Gun, I need you to give me a number. Somewhere between zero one eight one eight hundred seven seven seven. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, th- thank you for that one, but uh, no, I'm going to simplify it even more. So it's a number between zero and ten. The fear that you have of the Detroit Lions week number one, ten being, oh my God, he's in a fetal position with his uh, head underneath <clears throat> the pillow, curled up, uh, doesn't want to come out. That's a ten. Zero being. Go up and laugh right in Dan Campbell's face. And he can be a little bit of a scary dude. But you know the Lions are so bad that it doesn't matter whether Dan Campbell's going to bite your kneecaps or not. You don't care. The Eagles are going to win this one handily. Where is the gun on the 0 to 10 scale of fear of the Lions opening week? I I say um, about a five and a half. You know, beware of the unknown. Beware of the unknown. When you go back to last season, look at the Detroit Lions record. Okay, they were 3-13 and 1. The Eagles caught them at the right time. They were they were decimated by injury. The Eagles blew them out. But you look at a lot of their other losses. They were in within seven, eight, three, four points, and it came down to a last possession drive or last de- the possession defense by the Lions defense, and they couldn't get it done. You know, I look at that Lions coaching staff first and foremost. Outside of Dan Campbell, you you have. Deuce Staley, you have Aaron Glenn on the coaching staff. You have Antoine Randall L. You have Mark Brunel coaching the quarterbacks. I mean, they've got a pretty good all-star lineup of coaches uh, on that team. You look at the team in terms of players. They've got some players on offense. You know, they've got some decent players. I guarantee you their battle cry throughout this training camp has been, remember what happened to the Eagles last year. If you did, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the first installment of Hard Knocks last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you see Jamal Williams, the running back, when he broke the huddle? You know, the emotion and the passion. Um, this was Jerry's a Detroit. What's that? Jerry's not a believer in that. No. Yeah. You know, here's the thing the first game of the season is always the, I would say, the roughest game for a lot of, a lot of teams because they don't play the, the players a lot in the preseason takes them a little while to get going in a regular season game. Um, be fear of the unknown. That's all I'm going to say. This is a team that was embarrassed last year. They felt man to man that they are a much better team than what they showed on the football field in 2021. I'm not going to say the Eagles are going to go in there and lose that game by any stretch of the imagination, but I expect it to be a much more competitive game from start to finish than what we saw when the two teams matched up last year. You know, Detroit got players on both sides of the football. Can they put it all together? That is the big question. Egon, this is a kind of a nice segue here because um, we mentioned mentioned Lions coaches. Well, our old buddy Honey Buns is their offensive line coach, Hank Fraley. Hank Fraley, yes. And there was a, there was a time when Hank Fraley was a player to watch in the preseason. And yes, remember when Bubba Miller went down? Hank Fraley absolutely took his never gave it up. So never gave it back. Yeah. Yep, and I got to give one of our streamers credit because he asked us this and we haven't gotten to it yet, but who do you want to watch Friday night for the Eagles in the preseason? Anybody you're mm-hmm. looking at? Uh, players I want to see in the preseason on, on Friday night. Um, I want to see Jordan Davis. You know, I, I want to see what Jordan Davis looks like. 
Um, I don't think we're going to get a, a decent enough sample size in the passing game to see what AJ, the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts connection uh, looks like. I want to see Bradbury and Slay play, uh, how they complement each other. I want to see just how much a Marcus Epps has improved. We talk about Marcus Epps going sideline to sideline. He's got great speed. The anticipation is much better than it was last year. I want to see how much he has improved in a game situation. And for the first series of two, I want to see that starting offensive line just fire off the football. You know, I, you know, they are arguably the best offensive line in the National Football League. I want to see how they wall off people so the running backs can run through some holes. You know, I can go to so many different positions, but those are just a few of the things that I, that I want to see. I want to see how Hassan, Hassan Reddick lines up. You know, how many times he has his hand down in the dirt compared to being standing up on the outside and attacking the quarterback. Obviously, we're not going to see much of that as well. But, you know, there's so many different directions I could go in, you know. Uh, but that's just a small sample in terms of uh, uh, players I'm looking for. I want to see this kid, Kobe, you know, if he gets a chance to return. I want to see what he's like. You know, he was such an accomplished returner in college. You know, is, is he that guy, you know, uh, uh, to, to be their return answer uh, at this level? So I don't, the, the, just a little small sample size of what I'm, I'm going to be looking for. As much as you want to see James Bradbury and Slay on the outside, Get ready for Tay Gowan and yeah, uh, yep, yep. Harry Vinton because they're going to get a hell of a lot more know, stats than the, the Eagles' starting quarters are. I'm with you, D Gun, but yeah. we're not getting that against the Jets. But we got to see these. We got to see these young guys as well because these are the guys that are going to make up the backup roles on this team. You know, from from this list of unknowns are going to be the backups. And you, you know, for the next three games, I want to see exactly what they have or do not have that does it make you feel comfortable about what they have if one of the frontline players should fall by the wayside due to injury so yeah i mean yeah you know we're gonna see a big set like you said jody big sample of all three preseason games of a bunch of guys we may not know right now but we may have to get get to know along the way all right even though d gun called me out at the start of uh, his appearance here for not getting him on often enough i still appreciate his opinion and I want to see if he agrees with me on this. I'll feel better about it if I do. My biggest criticism, and if this is the, the fact, it's certainly something I can get over. Everybody should be able to get over. My biggest criticism of Nick Sirianni is automatically deferring. Every single friggin' game, the Eagles win the coin toss. You don't even have to wait. You know it's coming. We will defer. I get the philosophy behind it. The analytics say, oh, you get that short possession. You get one extra possession over the game. Uh, understood. I'm not, a, I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I'm saying I would prioritize from time to time. I want my offense out there first. We think we can go right down the field and score against their defense. Their defensive, give me the damn ball. Or, all right, your defense is better. I want the ball first. I don't think they ever even contemplate the actual matchup and the team that they're playing. As soon as the coin flip goes up, we we win, we defer, we'll play defense first. It just annoys the snot out of me. Tell me it's the same with you, D-Gun. Now, I wish I could, Jody, but I can't. That's a standard across the norm of the National Football standard League. Standard doesn't mean every, always right, does yeah, it? But you know what? Every team wants the ball coming out of the locker room at halftime for whatever the reason. They want to give the ball to the defense. You know, they want to get the defense on the field first. Give the ball to the offense. Start the second half. I have no problem with that. You know, uh, I do. teams that are successful, it's worked well for them. It worked well for Nick Sirianni. You know, if, if that's if that's the least of my concerns, I can put that one in the coffin chest and, 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 and you know and bury it. Um, 
I don't need the ball coming out of the gate, you know, especially if you have a pretty good defense like we think this Eagles defense has. They're going to get the ball soon enough. So I don't need them out on the field initially. You, you know who took sorry, the ball Joey. first? Sorry, you, know who took, you know who took the ball first last year? Who? In a game against the Eagles, who? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won the coin flip. They said, give me the ball. You know what they did? Marched it right down the field and scored. Isn't that a nice way to start a game? That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it's not the norm yeah, across the league, Jody. It's Yeah, I know. Jody, Jody I, I just want to put this to rest right now. The, the, the ultimate dream for teams is to get the ball right before halftime score and then get the ball right after halftime because they defer. And I score. know, I know. It's the the analytics of it all. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Jody, you're outvoted. Sorry. I know, I know. I, I, I get the same thing from McMullen. It goes so far as to, on Sunday afternoons, he's at the games, I'm here, I got to watch all the games, I go go on CBS Sports Radio. He texts me and goes, Eagles deferred. And he has like nine emoji laughing faces on his text to me every single week. I know I'm obsessed with this thing. And I'll stay obsessed with it. And I love you, D-Gun, even though you're woefully wrong. I, pro- I apologize, my brother. <laughs> D-Gun, thank you much, bud. Have a good show this afternoon. Tell both Barrett and Rob... We said hello. Thanks for jumping in with us. Will do, man. You guys have a great day. Thanks for having me on. That is D Gun, uh, who is uh, part of our sports take show right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You need to be right back here for that one later on this afternoon. You need to go nowhere fast because you know what Jeff Kerr and I got to do. Put a bow on the show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
right, coming back to put the bow on the show here on March 365. I got a bunch of people I got to thank here in the last five minutes. Number one, uh, both Tone and Xander from rescuing me from the computer issues I had that made me miss the first five minutes to show. So I got to thank them. Got to thank Jeff Kirk because he held down the fort with Tone until I got here. And uh, again, I apologize to both you two guys and to all our fans streaming in. Thank you very much for your patience. Number two, let me thank Mike Sielski. Did a good job hopping on board. Lead columnist here in town with the Philadelphia Inquirer. Always appreciate his eagle insight. And D Gunn. All right, now you heard it, right? Everybody heard that? You heard that, Jeff Kerr? All you guys streaming in right now? D Gunn said he's ready to come on more often. We don't ask him on enough. We know he's working hard on the sports take show. So I, I try not to overly request D guns presence, but he opened mouth and inserted foot. So yeah, we're going to have him on more often going forward. Bank on that. He has no idea the mistake he just made, but I do want to thank all those guys for uh, coming on board uh, with us today. They did a great job. Good, good guests and good dudes. All right, Kirk. Um, rest of the month of August, uh, CBSSports.com. I'll be reading you. What am I looking for? Are you getting out to camp? I, I was lucky enough to get to see you. Yeah, you looked red, just like me. In the sun. <laughs> I was red yesterday. Yeah, both of, us, both of us were. Um, where else are you heading off to? What are you got planned for the rest of the month of August on CBSSports.com? So there's going to be a lot of um, quarterback watching I'll be doing. Uh, CBS has tasked me to grade the rookie quarterbacks this preseason. So I'll be watching a lot of preseason games this weekend, uh, probably more than I want to. But, you know, it, it's that time of year. And so I'll be watching the rookie quarterbacks, the Desmond Ritters of the world. I, I, I Trey Lance isn't a rookie quarterback, but I'm sure they'll, they'll want me to watch him and see how he does. I don't even think he's playing this week, to be honest with you. I, I got to double check that with, with Kyle Shanahan, but – um, I'll be at the Eagles preseason you, game you Friday night. Put, you think they're going to put Lance in mothballs? They could. I mean, the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts last year. They shouldn't, but. What is they, the, the, the great Nate Sudfeld going to play three quarters? It, it, what did he, what did Jeff Lurie call him? The unstoppable Nate Sudfeld? The unstoppable Nate Sudfeld. I don't want the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld. I want to see the unstoppable <laughs> be stopped. So yeah, that's why I love the preseason so much. Uh, Aaron Rodgers ain't playing this week. You know, I think he could be playing, but they, they got to play Jordan Love at some point, right? So that's true. It, it's going to be interesting uh, seeing the Seahawks quarterback battle. I guess that's the only quarterback battle going around uh, because the Falcons ended theirs. Marcus Mario is their starter. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, seeing Baker Mayfield get some reps this week. I think Matt Rule said he's going to play, obviously. So that'll be interesting. But I'll be at the Eagles preseason game Friday night. I'll give you guys plenty of Eagles content. I'm going to have some stock up, stock down. I'm going to combine it with training camp and the preseason game. Uh, but I'm pretty much done with the Novacare complex for a bit because the Eagles are okay. going on the road, and I have no plans on going on the road. I was just on the road last week, so – yeah, I'll, I'll be circling probably a little bit more towards Ravens and Chiefs, a lot of the AFC teams over the next couple of weeks. But overall, um, Eagles camp was a good time. Um, the Friday's preseason game will be fun. I'm probably going to try to get to the Ravens preseason game at, at some point. But week one, I still got to decide where I'm going. Do I want to go see Doug in Washington? Do I want to go see Lamar in Baltimore? Hopefully he has I, – not in Baltimore. He's in New York. Uh, hopefully he has a contract by then. Uh, I don't think I'm going to Detroit, uh, but me too. I, I do plan to be at the Eagles Vikings Monday Night Football. 
Very nice. Uh, and we're looking forward to getting you back here on Bird 365, either in the co-host chair and or in the guest slot. Uh, appreciate. I was, I was going to get John as a guest because Johnny Mack was going to be here for the first hour. Oh, until the Eagles said, no, we're going to move practice up. I said, guess what? Kirk, can you do the whole show? Thank you very much for saying yes. Thank you very much for, as always, bringing the knowledge that you do. Uh, I'll get you back on soon enough. Thanks, brother. Yeah, and you know what, Jerry, until last night, I wasn't even sure if I could do anything with birds today because uh, right. you know, I thought I was going to Eagles practice today, but obviously plans change, and I'm going to be there Friday. So I was like, hey, you know what, I can listen to that game anytime I want. It is a technical day off from CBS, but we'll see. <laughs> Don't don't let him lie to you, folks. He got sunburned yesterday. That's why he didn't want to go to. Eagles oh, oh I was burned. He, he, he knew the shine here on Bird Three Sixty Five would be not that bad, and that's why. He Jerry, you were like the mayor yesterday. You're shaking everybody's hand and you know just chatting up everybody. You know, we should have got the Bird Three Sixty Five together and say, "Hey, this is what we're doing today." Because I owe these guys. They're all good enough to come on our show. The least I can do is is go and uh, suck up a little bit and tell them thank you very much for jumping on board with us. Yeah, I had a whole bunch of hands I, I had to shake Kelsey, yesterday. You were, you were in the trailer for – what time did you go in the trailer yesterday? It's, I wanted to be ready and prep for the show sometime during the 9 o'clock at 9, 10, 9, 15, somewhere thereabouts. So – I, I got a couple of minutes in with all you guys after the DC spoke and got to shake a little hand. And we could actually see uh, the trailer wasn't bad. Had a decent view of the practice field. So I did. Miss AJ Brown bust my chops yesterday, man. What's that? AJ Brown busted my chops yesterday during his. Oh, did he? What did he say to yeah, you? Yeah. So, so he had a he had a JV um, chain on, right? And I forgot his daughter's name is Jersey. I'm like, what did James Bradbury give me that cheat? He goes, the guy here with James Bradbury, keychain. And he's like, you're just trying to get a reaction out of me. And I said, yeah, I am actually. So, <laughs> so he it. Was good. Eagles put on their TikTok. We were having a good time with it. But yeah, it, after he was done, he's like, I had to do it, man. I said, I know. I said, we're good. Don't worry about it. Good good for you. When you get your chance to break some chops, you got to break some chops. JK, thanks much, buddy. Appreciate it. Yep, sounds great. Thanks for having me on, Jerry. Good job done by Jeff Kerr today. Everybody we had on, by Tone, by Xander, by everybody getting us back up. Eh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I think we had a good one today. Thank you very much. Or it'll be good tomorrow because Johnny Mack is back. The Eagles are walking through tomorrow, so McMullen will be here from the get-go. So you got a Mack and Mack Birds 365 coming your way in. Two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.